Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your up-and-coming reporter, Soup. And I'm your scraggly desert priest, Renu. This uh, episode, AT stands for Absolute Territory, because we'll be talking about the winter 2023 season. But before we get into that, uh, what have you been up to? Ooh. I just got back from um, about like a two-week trip. I had two conventions in a row back-to-back, and I traveled from one to the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first one was Kawaii Con in uh, Honolulu. It was my first time in Hawaii. It was so fun. I would love to go there many more <laughs> times. It was so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Weather was great, of course. The island is beautiful. We did like a... After the convention, we went on like this hike up to a waterfall. It was so pretty. Um, unfortunately, the weather at that point was still, it's still a little bit chilly. So it was a little bit cold to, to jump in the water. It'd be nice to go when it's just like maybe like a month, like maybe like a early May and onward, I think is a nice, probably would be a nicer time to go. But regardless, I went in the water anyway and I still had fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and, the convention itself was really nice. The people there are, of course, like really chill, friendly people. Like we had more than any other convention that I've been to people that like just strangers, like locals there who would like come up and like help me with stuff or like if I was carrying a bag or something or they would just like joke around with us. Like it was just it was just so fun. You know, it was just like the whole vibe was correct. It was good. <laughs> nice yeah so that was great um on the other hand seattle <laughs> was uh, the <laughs> next place that i traveled to for uh sakura con um mm. sakura con the, the convention itself i love the people there i love i just do not enjoy the act of traveling to and from seattle because every time i do there's some kind of delay or a cancellation or both and it's a miserable time. Uh, I don't know why. Every time I've gone to SakuraCon, it's been this way. <laughs> Just cursed. It's, yeah, it's been a nightmare to get into the city. It's been a nightmare to leave the city. I don't know why. But um, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, aside from that, the convention, um, of course, went well. I, I went, uh, I saw a lot of, uh, there were some people that I met who uh, came from like my streams and stuff too. So that was really cool too. Um, oh, that's so, nice. Yeah, it was it was really nice. It was a good time, regardless of the traveling situation. So, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, aside from that, I've been, uh, I did some convention decompression. You know, it was a long time away, and got so I, like, buried myself in dog and cats for mm-hmm. several days, and now I've <laughs> emerged, and I've prepared, I'm starting to prepare for my next round of conventions may is going to be crazy and uh yeah that's that's what i've been up to <laughs> nice. nice yeah what about you um i have not been up to anything too terribly exciting um mm-hmm. I, I know that's like a that's not that's not too uh too much of a shocker to hear i'm sure mm-hmm. um i went on uh, i also went on a little trip uh recently i just i actually yeah. just got back and yeah, yeah yeah that was nice we had to find somebody to watch the cats while we were away because, you know, the whole house was going. Um, oh. 
but uh but we did you know one of our friends watched the cats and you know um they're they're still here they're still healthy so um so yeah i mean everything turned out okay uh the trip was nice um mm. i have basically just been like asleep since i got back like there's just something about you know something about being at home where like you have to you you just decompress and yeah. it's like even if what you were doing was relaxing somewhere else like you get home and you're just like so tired <laughs> yeah you know it's it's not like it's not like it, it juices your batteries all the way up it's like oh I, i'm finally home i can i can finally like sleep for two days yeah you get to sleep in your own bed surrounded by your animals and familiar things and mm-hmm. it's it's nice like i i've i'm also the same way i'm like Man, the the two weeks on the road. Even though I've been on two week trips before, even time every time I come home, I'm I'm just so relieved to be home. <laughs> I I I think I just like I have like particularly poor adjustment to coming back from trips. Like every mm. my my because like all of my sort of like routines have been upset. So I'm just like, huh, where am I? <laughs> How did I live a- my life? Right, it always takes a couple of days to to kind of get back into the groove of of my my normal day to day. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that's the only really exciting thing that I can think of off the off the top of my head since the last time we recorded, which was a little a little bit ago. Just a little bit enough that stuff happened in our lives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, it's a little scary to me that it's like already in the middle of April. Um. Like, Why? It, Why does it, that scare you? <laughs> it feels like January was yesterday. Ah, uh, it has been flying, right? <laughs> uh, like this this year, I feel like has been moving so fast. Right, I feel like that too. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll keep trucking along. I I think probably part of it is just the fact that like. The podcast has sort of turned into a an episode will come out when it comes out, <laughs> um, which I mean we're we're doing our best, but like we we have to coordinate our schedules, and you know you're not even home a lot of the time, so sometimes you know I, I and sometimes like you know uh, we have uh, topics that we want to cover that like you know I, I'm not sure like you know when we will do this or that, um, but um, the next episode is still still going to be chainsaw man it's still going to come out at some point this year uh it will be soon we're we're it will already, be soon we're, we're prepared for it we just need to record I, it i make <laughs> it sound like it'll happen in like august like this this yeah. will be like soon <laughs> i mean that's what happened with monster <laughs> that yeah that one got pushed back quite a bit like we've been uh we've really been just been coasting on the uh the the seasonal stuff um just because like honestly seasonal stuff is like kind of exhausting to keep up with <laughs> like it it's a pretty significant time investment in a lot of ways it is um i enjoy it because it's i we end up watching a bunch of stuff that i probably wouldn't have picked up otherwise um but yeah it is it is an investment for sure <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely agree. I I love to talk about all of all of the stuff, um, and uh, in many ways, it kind of sometimes saves us from having to do a whole episode about like you know uh, this or that. Like, barring sp- special circumstances, you know, like like Chainsaw Man, um, where I just like really want to take it aside and talk about it a lot. Um, it's uh, it's it's nice, uh, but also like because of how weird 
anime broadcasting is and how like there's always a couple of early shows and a couple of late shows it is always so difficult to keep like exactly on track with with the seasons uh, with the samplers and the wrap-ups like <laughs> like really it's like well we wanted to record the sampler but like there's still like two or three shows that haven't aired yet yeah so we have yeah. to wait another week to do yeah. that <laughs> Right. Yeah. And by the time it, it by the time like we have sat down and recorded, it's like halfway through the season. And then like we get because like, you know, we do that. We do the wrap up. And like by the time we do the wrap up, we're like three episodes into the season. And then we've we, we have to record this. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. it is a it's a vicious, a vicious, vicious cycle. But um, <laughs> we're kind of getting back on track here. Uh, we just have to accommodate for uh, for obviously like when you or I are not around and able to record. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about anime? Let's do it. Cool. Um, this is going to be a sampler and a wrap up episode, so we'll touch on the stuff that we we watched uh like an episode of, and then we'll we'll go a little bit deeper into the stuff that we did end up finishing. Um, yeah. You watched a couple of things that I didn't. Um, which is. Uh, yeah like this is it's sports it's raining it's sports mostly corner. sports it's my sports corner that's right <laughs> yeah. um so yeah let's talk about tomo chan is a girl uh which is a pretty popular uh web manga um this i feel like it was one of the like really big breakout web manga successes um mm. because it uh i believe it predates uh Oh god, what what is that? What is that one? The the one about the Nagatoro. I think it predates like Nagatoro by a little bit. Um oh. but it's like it's kind of like it's like genmates with uh the the one that's about the the two office workers, like the really tiny little girl and the big boy. Uh-huh. I think I think those came out like around the same time. But like I feel like recently uh we've seen a lot more of these kind of like big web manga uh releases like obviously stuff like one punch man kind of had the the intermediary step of becoming a professionally serialized manga done by you know uh, an acclaimed artist but um but then you have stuff like mob psycho which was just adapted directly from uh from the web so this is this is one of those. It was a it's a young coma, so it's like a you know a four panel um, comedy that is about uh, a girl who is quite boyish, and the boy that she likes, who uh, just like at any time she tries to like be like, you wanna you wanna ooh, uh, he's just <laughs> like, haha, what a joke. That's so funny, bro. <laughs> brother yeah <laughs> my brother my friend <laughs> my brother i think this went on for like 400 or 500 chapters like by the time i i stopped reading it wow. but um honestly it's like it's a cute it's a uh it is exactly what it says on the tin like there's no no real surprises about it um it is like popular for a reason like it's pretty funny it's pretty uh I mean, it's pretty cute at, like, certain points, definitely. Um, And I think everybody just kind of likes a, like, nobody's going to say no to, like, a mutual pining story, right? Like, (laughs) I think that the anime was was okay. I think it was an okay adaptation. Um, Mm. It looks fine. It sounds fine. It's not, like, stellar. 
uh, right. in any in any regard. But mm-hmm. um, it feels like it's like it is an adaptation for for fans uh, of the manga. So okay, I think they. I didn't know that it was a yonkoma, which in that case, I think they did a decent job with the adaptation in that regard because mm-hmm. I feel like the last time we watched a yonkoma adaptation that I can remember anyway was it was the one about the healer. Yeah, the, yeah, that one was it, that one was a very awkward adaptation. Yeah, that one wasn't very good, but this one doesn't feel awkward in that regard. Yeah, as as far as as far as adapting um, a four panel into an anime, it. Mm-hmm. It like it reads like a continuous like story, so it it seems fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the ice guy and his cool female colleague uh, was something that I have read a little bit of the manga for. Um, I actually really like the art style for it. I think it's really cute. Mm. Um, the anime was cozy and cute and sleepy. Um, <laughs> yes, and. Probably something that I would rather read than watch, if I'm being honest. But like, mm. I think the anime adaptation was uh, again like fine. I think it was okay. Yeah, I think if you want something that's slower paced, um, with like very like gradual steps in terms of like the 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 growing intimacy between these two people and their growing relationship, then the anime might be for you. But for the like, I guess if you were to read the manga, you can kind of set the pacing a little more so that yeah it's yeah. a little slow you can read it more quickly or something like that um yeah it is a very like it feels like you're watching two people with really low blood pressure <laughs> who are also like very like not emotionally expressive people fall in love which is cute right you don't normally get that you usually get one one of them is not emotionally expressive and then the other one is super the opposite mm-hmm. right um this one in this regard they're like the same but uh yeah it's, they're it's, they're yeah. both not very expressive but in different ways yes yes exactly um so it is cute um yeah it is it, and it also i don't think like really surprised us in any way in terms of like the synopsis and trailer versus the actual content that we watched no no not not particular not in any way um yeah. But yeah it definitely has that kind of iashike sort of um honobono like good vibes to it yeah like, uh-huh if you if you just like want to turn your brain off and watch something like cute and like fua fua, um, this one definitely is <laughs> is one to go for. Fua fua. Yeah. Fua fua. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Next, sugar apple fairy tale. <laughs> um, which we, <laughs> we could not turn our brains off for this one. <laughs> sometimes you sometimes you watch a show and you really want to turn your brain off yes. about it, and yes. it just. Every ten seconds, it just like turns yes. back on. Like, yes, it's exactly. Like, it's like the 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 disbelief is like so hard to suspend. Like, okay, there's like a couple of things about this, right? Like a couple of things about the the sort of world building that are just just kind of weird. Like the fact that there's fairies and like most of them are small, but then there are like human sized fairies, and it's yeah. like why. Why does this distinction exist in the first place, right? Like, mm-hmm. why are there tiny fairies and big fairies, but the big fairies are obviously there to be, like, romantic interests or whatever, right? Um, and <laughs> maybe they explain it and we didn't get to that part, I, you know? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> 
And then there's also like the the sugar sculpting thing. Like fa- the fairies love sugar sculptures, and I think it's like like they eat them. I, I guess, sure. or or I think it maybe even had something to do with their like reproduction or something, which was uh, interesting. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> I'm I'm not certain about that, but uh, I feel like that was a detail I, that was talked about. No, I but, believe you. I just may, I think my mind might have shut it out if that was the case. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then and like it's about like making sugar sculptures and like in the first episode she doesn't even make a sugar sculpture. So all she does is buy a slave. Well, Which is so you you get to see a flashback of her mother doing the sugar thing and like showing her daughter and then her daughter rather than doing the sugar thing uh participates in fairy slavery i don't i don't understand and we're not even being we're not being hyperbolic they 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 call it slavery they call it slavery in the show there are slavers they wear like slave collars and they have this kind of like uh they have this sort of like folk talesy thing where like you know if you take the wings of the fairy they can't you know they can't uh rebel against you because if you crush them they'll die and it's like bro this is like this is like actual straight up slavery it apparently Why? this show right the show was trending on like TikTok or whatever as as like new, a cute, as a cute right. romance, <laughs> the 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 new the new age romance anime, like kind of like how when we were young, it, it might have been like the magical girl stuff, right? Where mm-hmm. it was like you know, like oh, Kamikaze Kaito Jean and that kind of stuff, right? Um, and then the way this is touted is like a modern day version of that, but I don't remember the series that we watched promoting slavery <laughs> at least not in, uh, i mean you know there might have been but i don't remember <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's definitely like why like the, the 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 biggest question that i have that i keep coming back to is like why is it slavery because like honestly i don't actually think it's that important to the narrative like like the, okay so here's here's the problem right is that like the narrative that is being uh told is basically like she's like oh i don't think of of fairies as slaves i i think of them as people and so she buys a a slave a fairy slave and she is like here i'll give you your wings back i'll give you your freedom back so that you could you could choose whether you want to be with me or not and it's like cool but it's still slavery and like it's it, the narrative is not okay because you're a slave, like a good slave master. Like you still participated in the buying of like a living sentient being. Yeah, like, she didn't immediately free him either. Like upon buying right. him, right? She kept him, and he he tries to manipulate her into freeing him, and then kind of chastises her in a way too for being so naive about the whole situation right he's just like like, why why right right and she's like yeah maybe maybe i am stupid but and she's like being so crying and whiny and also like blushy about it because she's also attracted to him and it's just so bizarre the the tonal shift of 
the the juxtaposition of light romantic shoujo and slavery like real (laughs) yeah like not real uh, as in like living day slavery but you know just just it is portrayed as actual slavery and it's like a it's like a fairly prominent part of of the of the show yeah it's a huge part of their society it's yeah it's not even like it's not even like uh, oh like oh yeah slavery still exists or whatever right it's like no like they're they're actively participating and engaging with the topic of slavery and it's like like yeah it's it, like your main character is like yeah slavery is bad and like we're supposed to sympathize with the main character and it's just like why why did it have to be like this to begin with like if you wanted a kind of like drama rot sort of angsty you know brooding dark uh you know f- uh, male lead right there's like so many other ways that you can do it even like without slavery like if you wanted to go with this fairy angle it's just like yo fairies and humans don't really get along but sometimes sometimes they you know find each other or whatever right and he's just like oh i guess i'll reluctantly protect like it's like the narrative obviously like you know the, the structure of it you can see from a mile away it's like you have this naive girl who like wants to hold out hope for like the goodness of people and she doesn't treat anybody differently right and then you have this this jaded uh like oh i hate the world and everything uh edgy like brooding you know um man he's the bad boy yeah he's he's like <laughs> kind of a bad boy right yeah. and like he's just like oh no we can't get along like human beings are awful at heart or whatever right and then the entire narrative is like about uh just the the transformation of of like from that point to like oh maybe i do have feelings about this one person and like i do care and like i'm beginning to see the goodness of people or whatever and it's like that narrative is fine like that narrative is the basis for quite a lot of i would say romance from the you know aughts like you know to the early to mid 2000s but but as soon as you kind of put the the slavery in it's like why like this is the thing and i and i it's obviously because japan has such a different historical relationship to slavery like Mm. and such a different like current cultural landscape around it Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um that they can sort of talk about it very like you know very freely very blase Uh, they can just kind of do whatever with it and a lot of people will not see anything wrong with it and for us growing up here with our cultural context uh, it's like oh no we're like, we're 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 extra sensitive about that kind of thing. <laughs> like this is this is the kind of thing that I like that really turns me off of a lot of isekais. Like when the main character is like, "Oh, I'm gonna buy slaves," but like I'm like a good slave master, and like sometimes like he doesn't even set them free. He's just a quote unquote good slave master, and it's like, <sighs> well, yeah, we we when we watched the first episode of Shield Hero, we had a problem with it just because of that angle. Yeah, um, man, rising of the incel hero. What a what a throwback. <laughs> but yeah, it I wonder and I think we might have talked about this too while we were watching it, but I wonder because she is 15 years old uh, and the fairy is obviously much older than her, if the slavery aspect was 
kind of created, I mean, a dual purpose way of like uh, sowing conflict in the world, but also um, giving her power in their relationship dynamic, right? Because ordinarily, you know, a much older man being with a 15 year old is going to, the, the power is going to be in his hands, but this is kind of like their artificial way right. of trying to like reconcile that. And maybe that's another reason why it doesn't quite sit well. <laughs> I, I, I definitely do think that there is like something to that. Um, yeah. But I also just think that really at the end of the day, when it comes down to fiction about like immortal beings, I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like the age gap really just like kind of goes out the window. Like it is obviously an integral part of the of these stories, right? To have like this kind of like you know mysterious, powerful old man, uh, this uh, uh, mysterious, powerful like immortal being, and you know this like girl who um, has uh, like you know usually like you know she's either mistreated or she was in a bad family situation or like in this case like she's just like an orphan, right? Um, yeah. And, like, I honestly think that at the point at which you're introducing, like, immortal, mortal love dynamics, I think it doesn't really matter. Like, that isn't to say, like, I think it's like, oh, that's totally Gucci. Like, it's like, it's literally like, if you are doing that, you just kind of have to accept on the premise that it's, like, a little, a little bit weird and like I think it's fine if it is right as far as as far as fiction goes like a lot of people are just like you know a lot of people are monster fuckers a lot of people are, are really into <laughs> vampires right uh, sure. like yeah I feel like I honestly feel like that kind of like that almost like weird power balance I feel like is kind of the point for a lot of these narratives and uh uh-huh and like I I think that's fine. Like I I think that it, like it's obviously not for everybody, but I don't think it has to be, right? Like if you like that no. sort of story, it's like, you know, that's the kind of story that you will read and if you don't like it, like you you won't be reading it, right? Like this is like the thing about like the the ancient magus bride is like it's it's sort of the exact same dynamic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like I don't really care about whether or not there's like a power imbalance there like it's just the premise you kind of have to just accept it right and like it's it's like to me it feels so cowardly to like introduce slavery so that you can flip the power dynamics so that there's some amount of equality between them yeah and i think that's the impression that i'm getting is that I mean, it, it could I could be wrong, you know, and it could just be that they wanted the, the, the world conflict to just be about slavery and not, you know, and not have the implications of their power dynamic or whatever. But yeah, um, it just yeah, it just rubs me the wrong way that that's how they ended up going about it. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just clear that they, they, they just didn't have they couldn't conceive of another way of sticking the main two characters together because like otherwise, why would they stay together? Right. Yeah. <laughs> And like there are other ways that you could do it, but this is just the the way that they uh, they landed on it. Anyway, um, it is if you can remove yourself from that, <laughs> it might be enjoyable. But to be honest, I like I actually don't know, right? Because I don't I don't actually know what the point of this show is. Like it looks like it's yeah. some kind of like competition show. I think like they're competing to be sugar sculptors or something. So like maybe it's like actually like a big tournament arc with some like romance elements and like 
what actually uh, is uh-huh. the narrative? <laughs> yeah, I don't I can't really see the shape of the story either as far as the trajectory goes aside from the fact that you know that the two of them are going to fall in love. Right. I know exactly the the trajectory mm-hmm. of their dynamic. I mm-hmm. don't actually know what the story itself is is about. <laughs> I feel like it's going to end up being that she frees the slaves. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. If if the narrative of Sugar Apple Fairy Tale is that she becomes like the the John Brown of fairy slavery and just starts fucking killing people that are slavers, like maybe there is something there, honestly. But I, I, don't know I if somehow don't think that is going to be what. It no, is. I think I think he would kill them. I don't think she would. Um, at least from what I know so far, is that I mean she tried to help the 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 little fairy right when she came across a little fairy being abused by someone in town, she helped it, and so that's why I think that's the that's the nod to that trajectory is that she's going to try and help the slaves. And I yeah. I agree. I feel <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's going to be like she's going to try to use like the most sort of pacifist like way of trying to like win the public over to like being like hmm, maybe slavery is bad, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's just a it's just an like a setup and a narrative that rings so hollow. Yeah, he's going to be her motivation, right? Because she's going to get to know him better and she's going to feel more and more sympathetic to his cause. He's going to teach her more about like why fairies are being hecked over. And um, eventually when they start developing feelings for each other, he's going to be more and more of her, her, her bodyguard. I mean, at first he's doing it for out of obligation because she has his wing. But then later on, he's going to do it because he has feelings. <laughs> yeah. It's not just slavery now. It's yeah. feelings. It's a relationship. Eventually, yeah, eventually she's going to give him back his wing and he's going to have the choice as to whether to ditch her or not. And he's going to stay. Maybe he'll ditch her for a little bit, but he'll, right. he'll he, stay. He'll come back to it's, her. It's, it's going to yeah. be either like, no, I will stay with you immediately. Or it's going to be like, he's yeah. like, uh, or like he like, uh, he's like, fine. And he leaves yeah. and he's like, yeah, I can't help but worry about you and comes yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> or he's going to be like, or it's going to be like, uh, he leaves intending on always coming back. And she's just like, sniff, he never really cared about me. And then he'll show up again. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm back. Like I didn't, you know, like I was always meaning to come back for you or whatever. It's like, I just, I understand what it is. And if you are 15 and you like these kinds of stories and you can, like you just don't you have never had a critical thought about the presence of slavery in narrative i think this this series is fine yeah yeah you. that's what i was thinking too is that i think it's actually a, it's it's definitely aimed for that age group but also like for adults who have the hearts of 15 year olds yeah want, this is the kind of stuff that they want <laughs> this is this is like popular with people who are 30 years old who are still like ah 15 year olds are so hot or whatever no! right like no <laughs> okay that that's not necessarily what i mean but like no. people who are like in their 30s but mm-hmm. still are like you know um they still sort of insert themselves into narratives uh 
like of anime like they are yes you know the that the same age they that they yes, were yes, or, yes, or like yes, you know yes. the same age of the characters and it's like at a certain point you just have to understand that as a 35 year old your relationship to a character who is supposed to be like 16 is just supposed to be radically different right <laughs> <laughs> you just like like i don't want to i don't want to sit here and just be like you have to do this but like you just kind of like at a certain point you have to look inward at yourself and think about the way that you engage with narrative and why right like it is not problematic for adults to enjoy media catered towards younger people but i think it is a problem if you are an adult who only watches media that is aimed towards children i think that they're I feel like you just have to you just have to grow up or touch some grass, you know? <laughs> they or they can just jump into the next thing and never think about anything. <laughs> and yeah. They just keep like, the cycle going. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. At this point in my life, it's like a little bit harder for me to enjoy school anime. Like yeah. straight mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like really good, like you know, like Skip and Loafer is airing oh, this yeah. season and it's really yes, good, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Unless it's something like that, like I, I can't accept school life as the default anymore. Okay, so recently I've been reading a lot of manga. Um, obviously, if you're part of the the uh, podcast Discord, you've seen me posting about it. Um, I, <laughs> I basically got into a, um, I, I just really got into reading about, um, about. <laughs> office office lady uh girls love you love the office lady tropes i know so like the the thing to me is like i can't deal with high school narratives anymore because like i just i can't really relate to high schoolers anymore and sure the office worker narratives like are just so much more appealing to me and like of, yeah. of like adults that kind of feel like they've lost control of their lives or adults who are kind of early on in that transitory period where they're just like i don't actually know how how to be an adult yet or like people that are just so jaded that they're just like i i go to work i come home i I drink a beer that's all i do right yeah I, i i definitely get that i am so i'm just so much more into that now um yeah and i mean the relationship yeah yeah it, I, I, it's it's just like when we were young, we couldn't really relate to the office worker stuff. Right. Know? Now we're that age. Now we're the office worker age, and we can't relate to the teenage high school stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I, I like, most of the time, I really do just have to watch or, like, consume media about adults, right? There are certain exceptions, like, um, there are certain narratives, like, especially, like, really, like, like trash fire dramas i think <laughs> are really really well suited for for sort of um school settings because like obviously when you're growing up and you're like kind of 16 you know in that in that age range like everything is so it's just so fucking chaotic and dramatic and everything feels like the end of the world uh-huh and that really makes for uh quite quite some excellent uh excellent trash fire drama um anyway Tangent aside, let's talk about the next thing, which is Handyman Saito in Another World, which is an extremely mundane isekai, like not in the sense of it's a normal isekai, but in that it is an isekai about extremely mundane things, which I actually like. I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was a very easy to watch show. (laughs) 
I think this might also be based on a web manga. Um, but don't quote me on that because I don't, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but mm. it's like, it's a pretty short form, uh, you know, story where like everything is just kind of these like little contained episodes. And that is basically what the anime is. It shows like exactly what that is. It's just like scene, end of, end of scene, scene, end of scene, scene, end of scene, right? It's like, it has the cadence of just like episodes right right of of like short form episodes but just compiled together so that there's a lot of them to make up a 24 minute block right Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean if if you're into the idea of like isekai but you don't like the like power fantasy and you just kind of want to watch like people live in an isekai world i think this one's great like it's just about a handyman like he gets isekai he uses his like lock picking knowledge and you know he fixes things and like it, it's pretty cute, honestly. Um, it is cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the anime adaptation is is fine. I think. Yeah, uh, it looked okay from what I recall. Yeah. I, it was a long time ago that I watched that episode. <laughs> no, yeah, it was it was fine. And the um, what I liked about it is like you you get to learn a little practical knowledge. You know, basically every yeah. episode he teaches yeah. you a little something. <laughs> well, that's cute. Um, yeah, a cute it's slice cute. of life show. Yeah. All right, high card, which was interesting. <laughs> so we watched the first episode together, and then I went and watched another episode on my uh-huh. own because I wanted to know what was going on, and I still don't know what's going on. Okay, that that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> nothing about it to me was terribly... Uh, captivating um it was decidedly okay it was very mediocre and i think what they would have had to do to really draw an audience is to really really lean into the like stylistic aspect of the show is what is generally what these kinds of shows end up doing is like really really stylish like fugo cagey or whatever to draw an audience and then hope that that carries them through the rest of the show (laughs) um but in this case it doesn't quite lean enough into that Mm -hmm. and it is extremely action-packed right there's like cars exploding and people dying and they're in a casino and all this kind of stuff and it it the action isn't quite um i guess like what am i trying to say like well put together enough for it to feel super exciting either so it just kind right. of like hits every note like in a very midway um it it definitely is like you you delivered the assignment <laughs> is what it feels like it's like c- c- congratulations here's a c plus yeah yeah <laughs> like you, you passed right it's mm-hmm. it's not terrible but it's not terribly interesting either um the directing was nothing special it the you're right though the animation was just not really engaging enough for the amount of like bullshit bonkers like stuff (laughs) that actually happens like people are like exploding cars and yeah that should be interesting and it's just like not really yeah it's so interesting how they make all that stuff uninteresting (laughs) Yeah, um, I, I really, I, I just like, it all sort of blends together in my brain. Like, I just, it just feels like an anime 
of all time, like TMC. <laughs> it's like a, an anime, like period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah, it, it's an anime. Um, mm-hmm. kind of the Great Snow Sea, uh, which was interesting. It's a CG anime, um, which obviously always kind of comes with its own baggage. It didn't look too terrible for a CG anime, uh, and the world building was had like some potential to be interesting. Um, again, though, this this series was just kind of mid. <laughs> yeah, it to me, I I would have been more interested in this than High Card because, at the very least, like you said, the world building is interesting and different. Um, and I think the narrative kind of would it needs it, it relies on that um, for you to maintain your mm-hmm. interest because um, there isn't a whole lot going on otherwise. Um, they present this mysterious world to you, and and they have two characters that are from different parts of it. One is from like, I mean, basically like the atmosphere of the Earth, and then the other one is from the ground of Earth, right? Like <laughs> they're separated right. by a large, large distance, um, and they end up together, and then um, you. Uh, slowly but surely learn about the conflicts that i don't know that basically caused the situation that the earth is in and and their backgrounds and stuff like that um so if you're looking for i guess a different type of watch this could be up your alley um but it does start off like it's not like super exciting or anything right like the pacing is 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 kind of it's not lackadaisical. It's not very slow either. It's just very, it's not like super like on your toes, like keep up kind of thing either. Yeah, it's it's pretty methodical. And I actually yeah. think that it it does do a better job than High Card does of engaging you with its first episode. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I just something about the cadence of it was better. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, uh, Giant Beasts of Ours, which um, if you are going to watch any like action show from this season i would this probably is the one uh that i would recommend we actually did end up watching a couple episodes of it um the concept was interesting like you have this sort of like oh uh these these you know people are like weapons um wielded by paladins which are like people that you know fight monsters and stuff um and I think I think the world building was like kind of kind of okay, really. Overall, the animation was good. The pacing mm-hmm. was fine. I th- mm-hmm. I like I think as Giant Beasts of Ours to me felt like a solidly good anime. It wasn't great, at least the, not the episodes we watched, but it was definitely good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like super stellar or anything, but it also wasn't terrible. Um, and it was interesting enough that we kept. We watched it for, for, I guess, like multiple episodes. We didn't finish it, but we did watch um, a decent amount. Yeah, we watched like three or four episodes, I think. Yeah. So it it was okay. Um, the, uh, the other thing... Yeah. Um, if you like... If you want to watch like just a played straight fantasy with some interesting elements to it, I, I think this is like, this is a pretty good pick for you. Like, if you like Rage of Bahamut, the anime... An anime that is weirdly good for being a mobile game adaptation. Um, it, it it's pretty uh pretty worth watching, I think. Hmm. 
yeah okay yeah. Um, so that's all of the stuff. Oh, actually, there is one more show that I want to talk about. I did not put this on the list because I forgot. I completely forgot about it, which is uh, The Fire Hunter, which. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did not finish, but no. we I think we watched like seven episodes and a lot a, of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is based on a novel and that novel is oh. um, and the concepts introduced are really interesting. And the world building is actually really, really interesting and engaging. The only problem is that the anime is... How do I put this? It's <laughs> not... It doesn't even feel like... Like, I don't feel okay calling it bad. I, it's just weird. They make a lot of decision making in terms of how they portray the visuals that you at least i haven't seen in any other series <laughs> it's okay i will say it's not good <laughs> right <laughs> like okay there are a couple of problems with fire hunter even though ev like everything about the world is so interesting to me and it's the only reason i watch like seven or eight episodes right it's like a world where uh natural fire doesn't exist because uh it causes people to explode if they're near natural <laughs> fire so the way that people have light and warmth is uh like this ambrosious like liquid that comes from monsters it's like monster blood basically um mm -hmm. but the monsters have to be killed with these sickles uh which the origin of those of the sickle is actually fucking raw as hell um, cause it is like, it's basically like, uh, like a, uh, somebody essentially forged the sickle, like the goddess, like forged the sickle from her own, own body, like while it was on fire because you need fire to forge something. Right. And that was the first sickle that allowed people to, you know, hunt the beasts and, and get this like artificial fire or whatever. It's so it's like, metal. <laughs> that's fucking raw as hell. That is like awesome. But it. But the anime is, like, not great. It's, it, like, it's kind of... I think that the pacing of it is alright. Like, it has this sort of, like... It has this sort of vibe that is, like, kind of somber and melancholic. And uh, it has a sort of ennui to it, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's, like, everything is just kind of depressing all the time. And, like, <laughs> it's, like, quiet until it isn't. And there's stuff that happens. People kill monsters. There's, like, lots of dog. Um, but there's, like, two sort of big problems with the animation, which is, like, one, sometimes it isn't. Like, sometimes it straight up is not animation. They will start, like, you know, they will have a scene of, like, limited animation, and then they'll just pop it out. Like, they'll just, like, pop out the keyframe and, like, color it in with, you know, with, like... Colors, and then they'll just hold on that picture while characters talk to each other. Yep. Or something <laughs> happens. Sometimes yep. <laughs> characters will talk to each other, and their mouths don't move. Sometimes a conversation happens, <laughs> like with everything out of frame, just so they don't have to animate. And then sometimes <laughs> when the animation is there, it's mm -hmm. it's vaguely there, right? Like. If you go and you watch this series and you watch, like, all of the dog animations and the animation of the dragon in episode, like, six, I think, it's, like, 
fucking crazy because they're just shapes and it doesn't feel like it was like bad it feels like it was made that way on purpose and that's like weird and baffling to me i wonder if some of these choices were made to save budget but also to try and make it stylistic so that it doesn't look like as bad as it could have been um yeah okay we've got a low budget so let's see what we can do with it creatively so that it doesn't just look cheap my Um, my sort of my sort of opinion of it is just that like honestly i can't hate it because like one it's like so baffling to watch sometimes that like you can have a right laugh with your pals about it Right, it's it's kind of like sometimes it's so bad it's good, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, also like I I kind of I kind of almost like that it's janky. Like it's it is the exact opposite of polished, right? It's not a polished animation. There's clearly so many cracks showing from the production yeah. and yeah. some very odd choices made about the style of it. It's honestly kind of so weird in that regard that I like can't really bring myself to hate it. Like it's not yeah. like I'm like, oh, this is the best thing ever, but like I kinda like that it's not so so polished or smooth. Yeah, I I mean, for me, it was an interesting watch for that reason too, is that I mean like on the one hand I'm like, well, maybe just reading the novel would be better. I mean, especially because like maybe the visuals can be distractingly different um but but the world building is of course like like we said is is so so interesting and cool uh, that i think regardless the novel might be worth a read um based on that regard but then on the other hand it's like i've not seen a studio address these problems in such a way before and i just kind of want to keep watching to see what else they pull out (laughs) I like the fact that they made a decision and that the uh-huh. decision was not good. <laughs> because I would rather they make a not good decision that is like catastrophically hilarious than a very mediocre like non-decision like that becomes nothing, right? Like the thing about something like High Card is it really feels like an anime that was made by committee. And the uh. thing about Fire Hunter is it feels like like the director just made a choice about the way that certain things were going to be depicted and they just went with it because they're like mm-hmm. hey let's work for us or whatever or like you know uh, or maybe like they were trying to express something with how vague the animation is sometimes like in the opening the animation of the like people fighting is like kind of cool it's like kind of really good and then in the mm-hmm. show it's like just shapes sort of flying at each other, which is bonkers. I think probably the opening is how they ideally would have wanted to portray the anime um, if they had enough resources for it, but they couldn't. And so they're like, okay, what can we do that isn't that, but can still kind of get the point across? And so they went with something that looked more vague and artistic versus like, attempting a low-budget version of what they did in the intro. Right. It feels like... It really feels like this is an anime more so than a lot of other anime that you can... You just, like, see the production behind it. And I I really think that, like, outside of the anime itself, that that's just, like, an interesting thing. 
Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah. I would love to know more about the production of this thing. <laughs> I, I want to know about the production of this anime so fucking yeah. bad. Like, I, yeah. just, I need to know what was going on here. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, let's talk about Endo and Kobayashi Live, the latest on Sundari Villainous Lizalot. Um, <laughs> this is an anime adaptation of a manga that I enjoy, and it was pretty good. Was it like a close adaptation? Yeah, it was. It was a pretty faithful adaptation, um, at least to the manga. I don't know if it's based on a light novel. It honestly, I think that the take it has on on the villainous uh, sort of thing is really funny. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that they're just like commentators that they that can speak to the prince, and they're just like, okay, man. Here's what a sundere is. And he's like, <laughs> and he just like falls in love with his, you know, his fiance who he, you know, previously thought was like hated him, right? Because she's a sundere. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty good. I think that the, the real benefit of having an anime adaptation is, is the vocal performances. Yes. Um, and I, w- I would say that's definitely the the sort of high point uh, of this mm-hmm. series. Um, because other than that, like, you know, it's it's cute. It's a perfectly serviceable adaptation. It doesn't look really stellar in any regard. It's it's definitely just, you know, you delivered the assignment. <laughs> I also didn't know what the end of the plot was. Um, the uh, point at which I stopped reading the manga was when she gets possessed uh, by the mm-hmm. by the witch, which is like pretty close to the end, actually. It seems, yeah, or at least mm-hmm. for for what the anime decided to portray. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of wild that it was like, oh, these two worlds are real, and this uh, guy made a game out of the the worlds because he's he's a weird god that fell in love with his daughter, <laughs> ew, <laughs> or something like. Yeah, I don't, I I don't I don't know what's going on there, but um, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty good. I mean it's cute. There are only a couple of things that really like they sort of gloss over, um, which is one of one of the things that they glossed over, which I thought was really funny, was um, they gloss over the fact like they they do touch on it, but they don't really elaborate. But um, in the in the manga, they basically find out that the the main character, like the um, the like little pink haired girl, um, for some reason has like is like level ninety nine and has like a billion strength stat. Yes. <laughs> like she's just like extremely extremely strong and buff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't as that wasn't uh portrayed as uh, as explicitly there. So. That was the no. only thing I really noticed. Um, but I, I, I always thought that was a very funny joke. The idea that, like, hey, this uh, protagonist is supposed to be, like, level, like, 3. And she's, like, level 99 and has, like, 999 strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, they, it all they goes into the punch. Right. They, they, they showed that she was way stronger than anyone else in their world. But they didn't show why. They just were like, she's very strong. Her magic is crazy. And she just used it to help people. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
it was honestly like it's really cute because it's like you have just like you know um the main romance between uh lisa lot and uh what was the boy's name like siegward or something uh prince <laughs> ah, i don't fuck oh yeah jigu <laughs> yeah prince sieg something maybe, i think it, i think it was probably siegward or maybe siegfried or one of those two anyway um you have that one and then you have the the secondary romance between um the main character uh the like protagonist character of the game who i never remember the name of and uh L- lord ball sugita yeah tomokazu sugita um, <laughs> honestly that relationship is always like the really funny part of the um of the story and i think they really they really nailed that one mm-hmm. um and then you have the the greater sort of romance between uh endo and kobayashi and it's really cute um it is definitely a definitely a casual watch, I would say. Yes, we we watched through all of it because it was just you know an easy show to wind down with. Um, yeah, it was fun. It, I I I quite like the idea of like schmucks like us watching an anime or something like that, and as we're commenting, the characters could hear it, kind of deal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Imagine you were watching something, and you could just right then and there clear up the misunderstanding. Yeah, it's quite uh, beautiful, satisfying. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> You're just like ah, scream! Why? Why can't you just do this? Yeah, but now and you're like, oh, yeah, and oh, the character hears you, and they they do the thing, and you're like, oh, yeah. Well, that solves that. <laughs> Okay, um, let's talk about Trigun Stampede, uh, which is the, the name on everybody's lips this season. Oh, boy. Or the, or oh, the boy. Last, last season, I guess. You've probably seen my mans all over the internet by now. <laughs> they yassified him. <laughs> so Trigun Stampede is a reboot of Trigun. Done yeah. by Studio Orange, who is the, uh, which is the, uh, sorry. Um, Trigun Stampede is a reboot of Trigun, uh, done by Studio Orange, who is responsible for Beastars and Land of the Lustrous. Um, and they're basically the, the 3D CG studio that really gets it and understands. And yeah, the they, only... they they set the standard, or I guess they they set yeah. the bar. <laughs> they're they're the only studio that like makes CG anime that like actually looks like anime. I think I think what they uh, I've heard that that one thing they do is that they have found a way to vary the frame rate in the same way that you might do in you know traditional two D animation. Oh, um, but I don't know the technical process behind it. But this anime is so gorgeous. It's yeah, if you, so if, pretty. If you haven't seen any of Studio Orange's work, and, but you've seen stuff like... You've been impressed by, I should say, like stuff that uh, Guilty Gear has done, where it's technically 3D models, right. but they look like 2D anime, or like Studio Kara, also in the Evangelion movies, the Rebuild movies, used a lot of 3D 
um, that looks like 2D. Um, if you ever been impressed by that kind of stuff, definitely check out Studio Orange's stuff because each time they make a new animation, it looks not only better than the last, but also like you you would never expect 3D anime to ever look this good. I I th- I think really what's impressive is that they every time they put out an anime, it seems to be more technically proficient than the last one. Like mm-hmm. even watching Land of the Lustrous and mm-hmm. all of its sort of visual uh you know impressiveness and then B-stars and like the kind of um narrative that that was and then you have Trigun which is like a really like classic traditional anime and they just they kind of nail it right it's it's so pretty to watch and everything like you really forget that you're watching something that is like CG which yep. A lot of the times, like, it's, like, really noticeable when something is CG, but, like, it just, like, kind of fades. Like, you notice you notice it is CG in the moment when they do something that is, like, uh, not super common in 2D animation because mm-hmm. it would be prohibitively difficult to achieve. But mm-hmm. CG does have certain advantages like the ability to keep a very consistent character model um or very consistent Mm -hmm. models in general in a Mm -hmm. 3d space and kind of like move the camera wherever you need to right so in the climactic fight between uh vash and knives like there is like a scene where they like get tossed out the window and they just like fly through the city and it's like this one long continuous shot and it's like so cool it's it, it felt like a, a a super like hyper extension of what they did in the first episode of this show which by the way if you guys haven't watched any of trigon stampede i would highly encourage you to at least watch the first episode of the show because it is one of the most visually impressive of the series um where it was a long action shot and you're following vash running through the city um crossing buildings and all that kind of stuff and the camera is very dynamic and it's similar things that they did in uh hoseki no kuni as well they had a lot of dynamic camera angles for all of the action scenes and then in the finale of trigon stampede they do all of that but in the sky (laughs) and around a whole city (laughs) They were flexing so hard with this yes. one. Yeah, and it's and as a 3D animator, I can tell you how difficult it is to maintain uh, a sense of of visual stability while also moving mm-hmm. the camera and moving the characters and having them do crazy stuff on screen and also have it look good, right? Like, all of these factors combined... Like, I, I don't even, I don't know how long it took them to design these scenes, like, from, from storyboard to, to animation or whatever. But, like, it is so difficult what they pull off, like, consistently in these shows, from Hoseki no Kuni to, you know, uh, they have some good, good shots in Beastars, too, mm-hmm. even though that's not even a necessarily super action-packed series. Right. Um, and then they do it again in, in Trigon. It's, it's amazing. I mean, that's like that's like the thing about Studio Orange that I, I find to be a real strength is that they nail the sort of big bombastic action in a way that 2D really struggles with. And at the same time, I think that there's no other studio that just like manages the little tiny details 
of of characters and of animation so well right the fact that like the character expressions feel so like real and vibrant and yes uh they're so like the characters are so expressive which often is one of the sort of big hallmarks of cg anime is that like it's really hard for them to have like good looking expressions right without it just being a static face yeah Mm mm-hmm so the fact yeah, that they, uh, they pulled uh-huh. that off is crazy to me. Yeah, I was, like, from the get, when I saw the way that they... I think the first focus of it is, like, on Meryl's face in the first episode. You get to see the way her, her, her expressions just kind of, like, morph as she's, like, talking. Sometimes she's pouting. Sometimes she's, like, sassy. You know, like, whatever. Um, and you get to see the expressions on her face and they don't look weird. Like her mouth isn't like puckered strangely, you know, like, like the mouth region especially is like really difficult to, to animate and morph in 3d, but they do it perfectly. And it looks just like an anime. They nail it. Yeah. They nail it so well. At no point am I like, Oh, that face looks kind of like that kind of weird. Like you see it all the time. And like, um, I don't know, like triple A games or whatever, even right. don't always nail it, right? But this anime consistently nails it. Yeah. It is exceedingly difficult to do what Studio Orange does, and they do it so bombastically well. It's like kind of ridiculous. I mm-hmm. also really like that they know exactly what medium they're uh they're working with and the advantages right like obviously you have the big like long panning shots um that you can just move around uh 3d space so well you have these like really cool zooming dynamic shots right where you move like here 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 and it really gives it that sense of motion but honestly just the fact that like because it's in 3d and they have certain liberties they can take when you're using models right Mm-hmm. They make the characters so expressive in ways that aren't just limited to their face. Like, they move their bodies a lot, which yes. really gives it this, like, kind of frenetic, chaotic vibe, even when it's just, like, people talking to each other. And I think that actually works pretty well for Trigun. Like, this, the story of Trigun Stampede is, it's like a, you know, it's a reboot story. So it is. A much more serious sort of like, you know, very dramatic story um, compared to the way that Trigun is kind of in the uh, in the manga and in the original anime, which is like a little bit more lighthearted. But like, obviously, all of the all of the drama and like darkness is like still underneath there in in the core. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Trigun Stampede just kind of like pulls that out and decides like, you know, this is the this is the thread that we want to play with. Um, yes, it's a much darker show. It is. It is. It's a. They gave. They gave Vash extreme depression. Like it's just. It's, <laughs> it's very late stage depression. Um, and honestly, like I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, they capture a frenetic sort of energy that I think is important. To Trigun because um, I've read a little bit of the manga. Um, which is to say, I've read the original run of the manga, which is only like 20 chapters, and then I've read a little bit of uh, Trigun Maximum, I think, which is the sequel, um, mm-hmm. which that one ran for much longer. But mm-hmm. the original Trigun is like really like vague. Um, mm. Like, I actually, 
had a really hard time following it sometimes. It was so vague. Mm. Like, stuff just kind of happens. And, like, honestly, Trigun is just vibes. It is, it, like, 100% of it, it's just vibes. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, and then in Trigun, the ending of the manga is that um, Knives activates you know the the plant power inside vash and then blows a hole in the moon and obviously that (laughs) did happen here but differently and yes differently not the moon (laughs) (laughs) so it's an interesting take um Uh i'm really really curious to see more of it because obviously they um they really understand the attachment that people have to the tr- to the uh, classic property right because you yes. know people are like oh and they gave they gave imaginal yes a fine haircut look at him right and they, like, removed, uh, they're like, they removed millie they hate millie, millie. <laughs> um and then at the end they're just like okay here you go here's vash's like haircut Yep. Um, and here's here Millie. Go. Here's Millie. <laughs> and they were like, "By the way, this entire thing was basically like we said it further in the past, and now we're gonna give you all your classic stuff in the future." <laughs> Honestly, I really think that having you know having like read the original manga, I, I do think that they built out the story in a linear way, like really well. Mm. Like I, I think it it's really interesting the way that they are reinterpreting certain parts uh, of the story um to make essentially like here what is like a a sort of pre time skip and then a post time skip right which does happen in the the manga um but the sequence of events is a little different and the timeline is a little different um and honestly like it's just i really love seeing adaptations that aren't taking the source material one-to-one but like kind of just doing their own thing with it and i think studio orange is like really quite good about doing that they're really they're a very idiosyncratic studio like you kind of know what you're in for with a studio orange anime yeah i um for me it doesn't feel like any of the decisions that they make in terms of changing what they're doing from the source material to be anything that's like super self-indulgent or like just 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 to make it different or whatever it feels very purposeful like we want to tell a specific type of story um that we drew from the original property and we're gonna do that and i feel like they have a lot of room there too when they pick like when the source material is is kind of vague like trigon or even with um hoseki no kuni the source material there is Pretty also, it's pretty well. vague. <laughs> yeah, like actually, so think, when you when you think about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they kind of do that on purpose so that you know they can tell their own thing. There's there's no, enough flexibility there for them to tell their own sto- type of story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I quite like it. I um I kind of love this that out of this season, at least for me, Trigun Stampede is the most visually impressive. Um, yeah of the bunch and it's a 3d anime you know like how how often do we get to say that <laughs> nobody anytime studio orange uh releases an anime is how often yep. we say that like right, no one I does know, it like right? studio exactly orange. <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Let's talk about uh, uh, buddy daddies. Uh, I, buddy I, I do want to talk about like Trigun sort of thematically at some point, but uh, I have to crystallize my thoughts about it. Like I'm not sure certain how I feel about certain things. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't formed all my thoughts about it yet. Like I, I'm mm. still trying to like, I'm still trying to solve that Rubik's cube. You know. I mean, maybe we could do an episode on it at some point. It's, I mean, it's very doable. All right, yeah. Buddy Daddies, which mm-hmm. um was interesting? Question mark. I wasn't. I don't know what I was expecting from this anime, other than like, like. They're domestic life partners, basically, and like it's like they're gay, but they're not gonna say it, and well, they're okay, gonna raise that, a I, child together. <laughs> okay, we do have to talk about that, right? In terms of, okay, so inevitably, this show will be compared to Spy Family because Spy right. Family just had its anime release, and it's not releasing the season, but this is, and it's again, it's two people who are involved in like the. I mean, it's not necessarily like espionage slash assassination, but they are like, but they are yeah, like spy yeah. assassins, they're, they're, right? They're criminals. Yes, they get hired to do jobs that involve killing people, and it's pretty assassin-like. Um, and uh, they um, basically end up killing the father of this child who shows up to meet her father and she doesn't realize that who he is or or where he is she just knows that he exists she's here to meet him he's dead she doesn't know that and these two assassins um decide to take her in because they don't know what to do with her and then they end up raising her um and on the one hand i love kind of how they have the 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 parent child dynamic of mm-hmm. they each have their own interesting backstories right um like one of them you know he he lost his wife and his child the other one he's never known what a real like family dynamic is and then she kind of fills in those voids for them right she kind of re- re- <laughs> heals their trauma so to speak but i think for me what really sells spy family um is that the dynamic isn't just like a v that like funnels into like like each parent caring for the child like the two adult figures also have an Mm. interesting dynamic of them getting closer and like you know maybe they will fall in love you know like that kind of thing that's what's happening with spy family and then in buddy daddies it's just a v Right, is. there isn't there isn't much of a dynamic between you, the adults aside from them being friends. You are right, though. Like, yeah. the, even though they like live together and they're raising yeah. a child together, like it is shockingly chaste. Like the relationship, yeah. it's like <laughs> it's he's like more like so. The one that is like more sort of motherly and nurturing is is like a parent to both of them, honestly. <laughs> Like they're they're just both children, and like yeah, yeah. I think that uh, Buddy Daddies is definitely more of what it says on the tin than Spy Family, because Spy Family has this sort of expectation of being um, about parents raising a child, and yes. actually, it's really not about that at all. Um, yeah, it's a lot more about the sort of hijinks that happen while trying to prevent war between two countries that used to be um mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, that, that are sort of this like East West Germany kind of vibe. Um, mm-hmm. Buddy Daddies is like so much more about just raising a child. It's, mm-hmm. it's like completely about raising a child while also, yes. you know, being contract killers and trying to like balance these two things. And it's like, it's pretty well done, all things considered. Like the, uh, you know, um, uh, the child, Mi- uh, Millie, or Miri, or whatever, yeah. Miri, Miri, mm-hmm. um, is, like, I think that they really wrote her, like, well enough, like a child, that, um, you know, children can be unreasonable, children don't really understand, like, what's going on, um, mm-hmm. children will do things that their parents tell them not to, because, like, you know, what else are they gonna do, right? Um, <laughs> so, overall, the, like, parental dynamic is a lot stronger um but you are you're completely right in that the two male leads have like really nothing going on between them other than the (laughs) fact that they live together and that they're friends like when they say buddy daddy they're like they're actually like buddies like it's not even like just buddies (laughs) like okay they're not like even subtextually in a romantic relationship no there's no subtext even (laughs) they're so the thing is they are domestic life partners right like that's literally what they are but like it the the relationship between them the dynamic between them is just so chaste like there's there's nothing yeah the 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 most that you get out of it is that like when they 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 take miri to the daycare the daycare right. workers kind of have to wrap they're their like, minds oh, around the dads? fact that yeah two dads and then they're like yep and then and then the the daycare workers are open-minded enough they're like oh, okay okay then, that's cool you know yeah yeah you you your daughter can stay here we'll take care of her um and then that's it and that and no one yeah, yeah. no one ever like brings up the fact that maybe they're like a couple or anything they just it's just they're just two dads raising a child together but they are not involved with one another really like not at all it's completely platonic it's it it, like goes completely unaddressed like whatsoever like any any kind of like inkling is just gone like there you can't i can't even like like you like if you're someone who loves to ship this kind of thing you would have to make up everything between them because there's nothing i yeah i was gonna say like the, the thing about it is like normally when you have a show like this the yaoi bait is like really strong but like right but like actually this time they were they just like they're just like yeah they're just they're just friends like they're just platonic there's no no, there's not even bait there and like it's it's like it's actually believable (laughs) when they say that because they're not like baiting you with like oh look at these their their fathers together there's like none of that (laughs) should there have been some of that maybe it would have been fun. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it. Like but... I would have I would have liked to be here at the end of the season yelling about how like they're gay for each other but they yeah. won't let them kiss on screen. But like yeah. But I'm not because that's not what this is. It's yeah. I I'm a little perplexed by it, but at the same time I'm not entirely mad about it because not everything has to be gay. <laughs> I disagree. But I'm but But, I'm also not mad about it. 
I'm not mad about it because I can realistically see a situation out in the real world and not in the world of anime where two people decide to live together domestically and raise a child together and they both care for that child like parents. They have an equal partnership. They just don't have a romantic relationship. And I think that's fine. I do think it would have been nice if they were a couple you know, a gay couple, and then Wish- they were raising thinking, this yeah. child. Yeah, yeah, but that's incredibly wishful thinking. And uh, the fact that we get two dads raising a child, I think, is is nice, regardless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I it is it is a non traditional family arrangement, which is yes, always I like, which that. is always pretty cool, right? Yes, yes. Um, I will say, I also thought that the last episode was really well done and really cute like the the sort of time skip at the end that they the, you know they show you like they own a cafe oh my and like she's like a high schooler now and like oh my goodness <laughs> i i'm actually really impressed like buddy daddies to me was the like a minus anime of the season it like has like such a good self-contained story like it didn't feel like it went too long or right. too short it doesn't it doesn't overindulge. It doesn't wallow. Yep. It's yep. literally just like well paced, a yep. self contained story within like yep. twelve episodes, and mm-hmm. and it's over, and you get like a really satisfying ending. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's so rare. <laughs> I got emotional over the ending. I was like, "What? <laughs> what is I really, I really thought that that was like the yeah. best part of the anime. Like." Yeah. Normally, anime are really awful at ending, but like yeah. this one nails it. It really, really sells the ending so well. Yeah, like obviously there is the the drama that happens in the last couple episodes of like her mom wants to take her back and then just like mm-hmm. gets fucking stabbed to death, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and then they de- they but just have to become her dads. Yeah, some of the gore was crazy. Like the the way that the last guy died too, the big the big bad assassino guy, um, who's been chasing them for a oh while. Oh my god! Like, yeah, right. Wasn't that brutal? That was Golly. pretty crazy, actually. <laughs> there, there's so some there's... pretty like hardcore like uh, right. killing people that happens. Right. So so for the people who don't want just a light and fluffy anime about raising a child, there is some action in this. Um kinda like Spy Family where, you know, there's action in there too. But this one I feel like is bloodier, honestly. <laughs> it's definitely a it's definitely a like PG thirteen where <laughs> where like uh where like spy family is like PG. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's not quite R rated, it's not quite NC seventeen, but it's like PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah, pretty healthily PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah, um, but honestly, like I, I was surprised with how much I enjoyed it. I, I don't yeah. know if surprised would be the the right word, but like it, it kept its level of quality throughout the entire series. It was very consistent. I was, I was, I would say I was surprised too because I think because it was hot on the heels of Spy Family, that looking at it, it'd be like, oh, this is just a... It's Spy this Family is just a knockoff. Off. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're just trying to ride on the success of Spy Family, which they may or may not have, but I think they did enough of a good job to make it its own thing. Right. That I'm not mad about that, if that was the intent. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like Buddy Daddies, to me, was the most fun show of the season. 
Sure. Yeah. Like of all of like obviously Trigun Stampede, beautiful to watch. Um, some yeah. of the other ones uh, we watched uh, good in other ways. I feel like Buddy Daddies was the most fun I had watching an anime. Yeah, it wasn't like like Trigun's like really like it's really sad sometimes. <laughs> like really, really, it's really it's brings depressing. you down. <laughs> yeah, it's really a sad story sometimes. And then Buddy Daddies, um, yeah, it's it was it was a fun watch for sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. Um, so I knew going into this that this mm-hmm. this was like a girl's love story. Um, yes. I I wasn't sure because I hadn't um, by the when I was reading the manga, it, not a ton of it was out. Um, but I didn't know if they would like make it that explicit. But they did, so, which is which so, was nice. <laughs> For as like platonic and not gay as Buddy Daddies was, oh, this yeah. is the exact opposite. Ma- is- Majirevo basically <laughs> took all of the homosexuality from Buddy Daddies, like just sucked yes. it dry and like yes. incorporated <laughs> it into itself. Like it is so explicitly like any it is- <laughs> possible conceivable yeah. angle. In which you could be like, oh, they're just, they're that- just sisters. They're just friends being friends. They're gals being pals. Any, any inc- any kind of argument that you could possibly raise against this, it wipes it out. They, they were so, they were so explicit and so thorough. It was the- that scene honestly fucking sent me where it was just like, I love you, and it's like you just mean that as friends. It's like, no, I want to marry and have sex with you. As girls who are in love with each other. I, I The only way that they could have made it any better was if she looked directly at the camera. Like directly, directly and at it's the like, viewer. this is Yuri. <laughs> yes. We're not baiting you. This is it. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, I, I like this series. Like, I like this story. I wasn't yeah. expecting the anime to be as good as it was because Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. For for I don't know why, but the animation was like really good. It was like It was really good. Of, it was one of the best action anime that aired yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um it was shockingly like uh, the animation was shocking shockingly proficient considering like it's it's an adaptation of like you know it's another it's another isekai story right. you know and, and <laughs> um i uh like it's clear that the production like really cared about this story but also I knew so. like how important it was to its audience that they really 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 sold it it was it was a gorgeous animation yeah i mean they they basically like nailed the cadence of it where it's like you have you know, uh, the sort of limited animation of, like, people talking to each other. And then you have these, like, fight scenes where, like, there's actually some quite impressive animation in them. And they look really great. Like, yeah. that's just not what I was expecting from my yeah. fr- from my, my Yuri Isekai. Um, <laughs> what, is, what is this attention to detail? What is this, like, fluid battle animation? It It is really stunning. Yeah. Honestly, one of the one of the best adaptations this this season, which is funny because there's 
actually, I feel like um, Trigun obviously is a sort of adaptation. Uh, Magi Revo is an adaptation. Uh, Endo and Kobayashi is an adaptation. And uh, Campfire Cooking is, is an adaptation. And they're all pretty good in their own ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Magi Revo absolutely is like the best the best action anime and like the best sort of overall quality it feels um yeah mm-hmm. putting putting trigun aside because uh visually that that show is a masterpiece like <laughs> you can't i mean yeah like um but yeah honestly like it's it's good uh there is you know it, you know it's yuri because there's like a an appropriate amount of drama Oh man, yeah, yeah. You know, you know it's it's gals gals being in love because there's so much angst. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I I will say I was pleasantly surprised with the uh uh the side couples. Yes. I was I was honestly like I I thought it would just be about the main couple and then a side couple popped up that I wasn't expecting and I was you down little, for it. You get a little bonus, you get a bonus. I did, I did, I, it, yeah. The, there is, like, <laughs> gotta be honest with you, there are a few things, like, more intimate than, like, biting your lip and feeding your blood to a vampire. <laughs> like, with, with her mouth. <laughs> she she could have given her blood from... Anywhere. Like, like her arm. Like, she was beat up, you know? And she chose this vampire girl was dying. And then this the maid character, who is, who's very soup core, decides that she's going to bite her own lip to draw blood from him and smooch the vampire girl. <laughs> she didn't have to do that. She chose to do it. She chose to take that opportunity and make it happen. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... I I was very happy with it. And honestly like I think uh there are only a, like a couple of things that the anime glosses over that are sort of good context to have. Yes. But also I think that um I can see why they didn't because uh that explanation works a lot better in text and uh manga than it does in an anime. Uh, mm. but it, I feel like, yeah, we definitely, it can be a little bit confusing if you don't have the context, uh, that, you know, the, uh, the written one provides. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I, we can spoil it now because we're not a spoiler friendly podcast, but, um, I mentioned that it was an isekai anime, um, but you actually, while watching it, don't really learn that until kind of close to the end um that the protagonist is actually an isekai character um before that they don't really address it in a very meaningful way other than the fact that she wasn't born being able to use magic like other people would in her situation um like she's a noble and nobles are supposed to be able to use magic but for some reason she can't and it's because she was isekai um and yeah, she doesn't you don't learn that until later when she confesses to her life partner um that <laughs> that that's what it is. And and you don't really get to see any more of that beyond her explanation. She just says this is what the situation is and that's that. <laughs> no, I I don't think they even showed like a flashback or anything, right? I think they just I think in the first or second episode they 
maybe talked about it, but mm. it was it was pretty pretty fast. Like I I knew going yeah, it into was it very that it was light. an isekai. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and the isekai element only really matters for like one or two like character details. Really, like it's actually not that prominent of a no. thing, right? Like she's just isekai so that she uh, can ha- like not can basically be like no magic but um has like a, a lot of ideas for like things to do right like, yeah like, she has a lot of alternatives mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm 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 not entirely sold like in terms of like how necessary it was for her to be isekai but regardless i do think it is a nice story <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty good pretty good mm-hmm. okay Speaking of isekai, let's talk about campfire cooking in another world with my absurd skill. Um, this is one that I've also read the manga for, obviously, right? Like, if it <laughs> if it's an anime that's adapted from an isekai and it's it, it uh-huh. looks pretty high profile, I've definitely uh-huh. read the manga. Um, <laughs> this is a uh, it's a cooking isekai, right? So there are uh, there are quite a lot of isekai, and like isekai is sort of splintered into subgenres and food based isekai is like its own genre basically and i think this is probably one of my favorite takes on it because it's it's literally just about a guy traveling and cooking food for his uh protective great wolf and slime and yes like there's no real drama or stakes it's literally just he he just makes food every episode and it looks great. And I like that. He has that. the power of online shopping on his side. Right. <laughs> it is to me like obviously they have the elements of like uh he's he's blessed by the goddesses, like he, the food from the uh other world supermarket is like you know, it gives like giga stat buffs. Um, <laughs> he can just like order things from there and sell like super high quality goods that there's no way that like you know anybody in like a medieval sort of technology level could could produce. Um, and then like that's all pretty classic stuff. Like he gets like a merchant license and and all that. But um, honestly, like it's really not actually the forefront. It's like obviously he's like OP and like these ways but he's also just like op because his companion is op and yeah uh, and it, basically his companion just like wants to eat food and yeah he I, I like that he himself like feels like a weak person like he right. feels like a weak character but and he's very like put out of his element by how strong <laughs> his companion is and it's it kind of it's kind of like put upon him right he's like he's not happy about it right he's yeah not he, happy d- about he, the just, situation. he doesn't want anything to do with it which yeah, i think is really yeah. funny yes <laughs> um, so for being a food anime obviously yeah. the thing that you have to direct all of your attention towards <laughs> is is the cooking portion and yes. they did it so well the animation like an attention mm-hmm. to detail mm-hmm. was great there is <laughs> like when he's cutting meat there's like a real sort of like sense of weight to the meat like yeah it flops over. yes yes um, it kind of like squishes down a little bit yeah everything like looks really good um and it could be it would be very easy for a cooking isekai to just not look this good 
mm-hmm. especially in the, the food department. Like it could really just kind of look very average, but mm-hmm. they really went the extra mile with it. And yeah, it really shows like it, it, it's like that's that's food that makes me hungry. I want to eat that. I like that it's um kind of like they, they focus on the campfire cooking part of it because it looks like stuff that you could make like in your kitchen or like if right. you have like a little outdoor setup that you could make over like a little you know outdoor burner kind of thing um so it's like simple enough that like you probably could just pretty easily replicate the recipes because they go through it step by step and they show you all the ingredients and everything um and yeah it's satisfying to watch you can learn learn a bit about food too and you get to see these little slimes and the big wolf eat and they look so happy about it. it's like oh it's not just like you know, people eating. I mean, he he eats his own cooking. and He's happy about it too. But it's mm-hmm. not just about feeding people. It's this this kind of gets. If you're more about making animals happy, then <laughs> this one, right? Yeah, <laughs> this one might be for you too. So I I liked it. It was very cute, and it it definitely has like a more necessary component of it being an isekai versus like him just being born in the world because the him having an online shopping ability is when, yeah yeah it's it's part of like the gag in a way too which i, I like <laughs> i also i also like that um this is like an isekai where like the the main character is just like oh um i'm 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 not a hero uh i i, I kind of just want to leave can i can i leave <laughs> <laughs> and like that's it like there's another like there's another story happening in the yeah. world that has yeah. nothing to do with him yes like the adventurers they're like man this food sucks hey you think that guy's doing okay i hope so <laughs> he has adventuring companions who miss him and his cooking <laughs> it's it's very charming and it's very cute and it's very cozy it's pretty funny yeah and yeah. the food animation is great. It looks really tasty. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a big <laughs> fan. Um, I like it too. I would watch. Uh, I would definitely watch another season. I think mm-hmm. that the um, the ending also was really really cute. I really like the style of the ending. Yeah, yeah. The ending animation was had this so kind of like like children's picture book sort of yeah uh, thing to it. Super cute style. All right, uh, why don't you tell me about mm-hmm. the stuff that you watched that I didn't? Yeah, we only got a couple. Um, so there's Golden Kamui fourth season. Um, it's strange. It's only six episodes long, and apparently it's picking up um, about a week from when we're recording this. Um, but it is interesting. They focus more on uh, Ashipa's, uh, like her role in terms of like leading her people, how her father raised her to be able to participate in guerrilla warfare to lead her people. And Sugimoto, of course, doesn't want that for her, but eventually he um, tells her the season what her father said to him and um, what he wants for her and how Sugimoto is totally against it. Um, But, you know, it's not his decision to make, and so she has to make that call in terms of whether she wants to lead her people or not and in and what that means and that how that will probably mean that she'll have to do the war thing um so that's what the season is kind of like the conflict is is mostly based around which i think is really really interesting if you've been keeping up with golden kamui um Mm -hmm. then you know this is 
another another solid entry. I wouldn't say that it's completely deviating in in any way or the other. So I'm looking forward to them releasing the other half of the season. I'm not sure why I haven't liked this. I'll have to look it up later. But yeah. <laughs> um. And aside from that, uh, here's here's my sports anime corner right here. I finished Blue Lock. It was quite good. I liked it. I want to watch more of it. It's just really solid in terms of animation and um, uh, the storytelling is decent. The characterization they do in like little omake kind of segments at the end of this at the end of each episode because they don't have time to actually characterize people during the episodes because there's so mm-hmm. much soccer happening. <laughs> um. So in that way, it kind of gets away with it um, and manages to keep interesting. And um, Yomushi Pedal Limit Rig is the other sports anime that I watched from this season. I, c- I cannot believe there is still more Yomushi Pedal. I feel like I, every season we talk about Yomushi Pedal. I'm also <laughs> shocked that they released more. And the thing is, is that they're only in their second year of Jesus high school. Yeah, so the first, the the most of the sor- series takes place during their first year. This is their second year, I, and they just wrapped it up. <laughs> I feel, okay, so I feel like we've been doing the podcast for about five yeah. and a half years now, yeah, and yeah. I feel like you've been watching Yo Mushi Pedal <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Every time they release more, you have to watch it, because I'm I'm really endeared to, like, the main character. I think he's so cute. He is, like, this, like... You know, your typical, like, like otaku, like, nerd or whatever. He uh-huh. spends most of his time in, in Akihabara, like, going from shop to shop, you know, buying goods and stuff that he likes. Um, and he gets into cycling, and um, he's just a little, like, he's just a really wholesome character who happens to become an athlete, and it's so out of his element. But he keeps up with it anyway, and he ends up winning the big race for his team and they become like the top high school in cycling and uh they do it again this <laughs> in their second year too I know, of course of course of course <laughs> um uh yeah and it's like how do you how do you how do you do the same thing over again in the second year but still keep it interesting and then this time they just ended up exploring a lot more of the characters backstories and stuff like that like kind of like being like oh these two characters are uh related now because um of this flashback that we're gonna show you right here <laughs> it's a lot of stuff ah, like that I it was see, so I funny <laughs> i didn't i didn't hate it but i could i could see it. i saw you you it's just so blatant what they're doing um but yeah i uh I'm still watching it. If they make more, I'll still watch more of it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's my sports quarter for the season. <laughs> nice. Yep. I look forward to another five years of Yoamushi Pedal. Oh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um... Cool. Uh, I th- I believe that's it for the season. Um, next episode yeah. will be Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw and, Man and slash or a sampler episode. The, 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 it'll come out. <laughs> Stuff sampler. episodes will be coming out. Yes, those those two will definitely be coming out for sure. We just uh, the the order may vary. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, who are you and where can we find you on the internet? Hola, I'm Swan, also known as Renu. You can find me um, on my socials, at, on Twitter, Twitch, all that jazz, at SwanDrawn. You can find me on Instagram at Swan.Drawn. I have been playing through Potionomics. I think I mentioned this before. I'm, I think, past the halfway point, so we're probably going to wrap up the game in the next couple of weeks. And um, it's nice. a lot of fun. Really, I'm still enjoying it. I'm actually enjoying it even like, like more now than before because there's more stuff to do. They somehow keep expanding the game in a, in a really fun way. I can definitely see why it's been such like an indie hit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Really nice. like that. And um, I'll also be attending some a lot of conventions in May, so I guess keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Nice, nice. Maybe I will be in your area plaguing <laughs> Listen, you. Listen, if, <laughs> if you are in the area, I can house you and we can hang out. <laughs> That's so sweet. I don't think I'll be close enough for that, though. California Probably is Probably not. California is really state. big and the Bay Area is not <laughs> the greatest for conventions. <laughs> <laughs> but most big conventions do not do not happen here like the one that i can think of that usually happens is i believe a uh, crunchy rolls convention they usually hold in like san jose oh uh-huh but maybe this year they did it in uh in la or something or san diego i don't remember but anyway um yeah so uh if you're in the area obviously you know yeah we'll, we'll hang out and, and do all that stuff yeah um, California is unfortunately, uh, I mean, you probably feel this as, as somebody who lives in Texas, like California is, yes. uh, way too big, <laughs> big, make huge, large. <laughs> it is. It is like three states stacked together. It is. It is almost the entirety of the coast, except for two other it was. States. It's really funny explaining California to people that don't live here and people that live uh, in non-American countries, especially because it's like, well, you see, California is like, it's like eight countries. Yes. If you went like from top to bottom. And yep. uh, like even as a state, it's like, unreasonably large and like the yep. Bay area and uh the southern sort of like la area are very far apart and like you could make the trip but it would be a lot of driving too much <laughs> perhaps <laughs> too much. perhaps a bit but if you want to take a detour uh i i will i'll be up here i will uh apply for conventions in the in that area and hopefully Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying Potionomics. It was a. It was a fun game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what about you? You can find me all the places at Literal Soup. If I'm on place, it's there. Uh, that Soup. is. That is a um, strange sort. It's a sort of a strange time, uh, because like. Twitter still exists, kind of, mm-hmm. but it's like against some, all odds. <laughs> somehow, it's still getting worse. Like you, you thought you could reach the bottom of the barrel with Twitter, and like, and somehow we've gone deeper. Yes, we can always go deeper. <laughs> what? Like what? Why? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, all the places, uh, all the places at Literal Soup. Um, I am 
I think I'm going to start streaming more often. Oh. I was going to stream today, the day that we were recording, but I, I felt like absolute garbage. You're still recovering from your trip. Yep. So I will, I will do that. Uh, I don't want to like stream too much more. Like just one more regular stream a week would, would really be good for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously I need to, need to work that out and all that, but, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Other than that, I'll, uh, I'm mostly just working on personal stuff, so you probably won't see too much of me unless, uh, unless you want to, you know, bother me in the, the podcast discord. Bother, 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 bother. <laughs> or just passively, like, see what I, what I'm reading or watching. <laughs> yeah, based on what you're posting in the discord. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. uh, our opening is by uh, Scotty Network, and our ending is by Takamakata. And the patrons we are thanking this episode are Evan Williams, Magpie Mirror Test, Claire, Sean Dow, uh, Cherubel, and Dylan Boats. Thank you so much for your support, as always. Yay. Thank you. You keep those highs diving? What? Those, <laughs> those nets <laughs> flixing? Why would you say it like that? <laughs> I don't like either of those. Neither of those are particularly flattering. <laughs> nah, I suppose not. Um, also, um, if you go to AbsoluteTerritoryCast.com, um, the website has gotten a little, a little itty bitty facelift. So it is just a little it. bit. It's a little bit prettier to look at. Um, I was very excited about that. I was like, "Did you do that, or did they do that?" <laughs> no, I, I, I did that. I did that. I decided, uh, I was like, yeah, the podcast ha website has been in sort of a really bare-bones basic format for quite a long time, um, and now <laughs> it, it should look a, a little bit better. It does look better. Yeah, a little bit less grating on the eyeballs. <laughs> All right, well, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. We'll be back pretty soon, hopefully. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we will. See you next time. See you next time. またしたね。